Welcome to Curating the Curious, the podcast that celebrates staying curious in life and never settling into a box. And I still haven't come up with a new intro, so this is me telling you I'm still working on it and showing you the process because I really do believe that watching somebody go through the trial and error is helpful and I'm just allowing you to be involved in my process. Hopefully I'll come up with one soon, but who knows? Today's episode is kind of a Cliff's Notes, but kind of not because it's got a running theme. It's about boundaries and belonging. I am doing it with a list of seven things, so it's kind of like a hybrid of my old kind of episode with a topic and mixing it in with the Cliff's Notes idea. So before we start, I have to say (laughs) the doctor that I was raving about in the last episode, her name is Dr. Becky, (laughs) not Amy. And holy cow, it was funny when I caught this. So I was so, if you heard it, I was so excited about Dr. Amy, aka Dr. Becky, and was singing her praises and talking about her on and on and on. And then I I put the episode out and I listened to it and I said, oh my gosh, her name, her name is not Amy, it's Becky. So correction from the last episode, Dr. Becky good inside. That is what you need to look for. And just one other thing I want to say before I start my seven things. I learned a new term recently on We Can Do Hard Things, which is my favorite podcast. It it blew me away. I really have to share this because it's kind of opened a door in my mind where I was having some issues with some stuff. This thing that I learned, it's called diffusion of responsibility. Diffusion of responsibility occurs when people who need to make a decision or take action on something wait for someone else to act instead. It's like the more people that are involved, the more likely that each person will do nothing. Believing that somebody else from the group is just going to step up and take action, step up and respond, or step out, step up and help. It's a socio-psychological phenomenon whereby the person is less likely to take responsibility or action when other bystanders or witnesses or whatever are present. Learning about this really kind of opened a door in my mind because I have been, as you know, laboring over my friend, Leisha, that we are trying to raise money for. The first time that I talked about Leisha and her daughters on this podcast and posted about it, we were able to raise almost a few thousand dollars and it was great and it felt really good. But then it just stopped and we're kind of at a standstill. And my mind has been racing over the weeks of like, what is the explanation for this? Like, how could she know so many people in this community and not that many people are using their power to help her? People that know her, people with pretty large platforms, why are they not taking action? And I can tell you, you know, my brain has gone to the worst 
ends when thinking about this because that's what I do. You know, that's where my brain, my brain tends to go to those places. I cover all ends of the spectrum, but this diffusion of responsibility, it's kind of been a light bulb moment for me where it's kind of taking the edge off for me of me being angry about the inaction that has been happening with the people that know her, the people with platforms that could do something, people who could really raise awareness that are not acting. And I thought, okay, well, this might be the explanation for what is going on. So how do I go about it now? I don't have those answers right now, but I did want to share this with you because in all actuality, as much as you might think that a lot of people are hearing about Leisha and the words being put out, a lot of people are not taking action. So I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm going to assume that it has to do with the diffusion of responsibility. I'm going to hope that if I keep putting the word out and if I stay consistent with it, that maybe there will be a change in this and that somebody's going to come out of the woodworks and help us <laughs> to make this happen. Because I gave Leisha my word and I do not go back on my word. My word means everything to me, and I will see this through. Unfortunately, I have been dealing with some things in life that have not allowed me to put my full amount of time into this. I'm dealing with some things that just have to take precedence over this. But I'm putting this out there right now, um, just maybe to raise awareness in a different way. Like, if you do think it's being taken care of because I'm talking about it, you are wrong. It's not. So please help if you can. And if you have any advice on what we can do, I will take it. Gladly take it. My email is available. Email me, please. Find the GoFundMe link in the show notes and on my Instagram profiles. And that's that. So we're going to move on to the episode. And this one is a running theme of boundaries and belonging. First, I want to read you this quote. Love yourself enough to walk into only the rooms and situations that show care and love for you. Love yourself enough to walk out of the rooms that harm you in any way. Love yourself enough to hold the people who harm you accountable for their words and actions. Love yourself enough to express your wants, your needs, and your desires. Love yourself enough to tell the truth. Love yourself enough to keep yourself safe. Love yourself enough to say enough is enough when enough has become enough. That quote is by Cleo Wade. For me, it's about loving yourself. Yeah, of course. But it's also about boundaries. And it is about changing your paradigms. Your paradigms around love, your paradigms around friendship. It's not about, oh, I'm better or higher up than you, so I'm walking away. It's about knowing that you are better than the way that they treat you. You are better than the way that they make you feel about yourself. And for number two, I want to read the definition of true friendship. The definition of true friendship is something that is stable, something that is positive, and something that is reciprocal. I think 
I got that from We Can Do Hard Things? Probably did. I don't know. I wrote it down. So stable. You shouldn't have to wonder how someone feels about you ever. You shouldn't wonder if someone likes you this week, this month, or this year. That is not a healthy relationship if any friend is treating you that way. Positive. Your interactions with people should feel positive. Your exchanges should be done in a positive way. And you should feel positive about yourself when you walk away from spending time with them or hang up the phone or whatever it is. It should be positive. And reciprocal, we know what that means. It's self-explanatory. The definition of true friendship is stable, positive, reciprocal. Do not settle for anything less. And number three, oh man, this quote, (laughs) this is like brain bending and mind bending. And I heard it a long, long, long time ago. I wrote it down a long time ago and I just didn't even know what to do with it. And it came back up for me um, recently and it just fits so perfectly with this episode. This quote by Charles Cooley, I am not what I think I am. And I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Think about that for a second. I am what I think you think I am. And when I hear that, I think, so who brings out the best in you? Who brings out the very best in you? Who sees the true beauty of your soul and makes you feel good when you're with them? Like you're a good person. You see yourself in a good light when you spend time with this person. Who are those people? That's who you need to cling to. That is true friendship. I'll tell you, I have a few people like that in my life. My husband is absolutely numero uno. I know, I know he sees who I am and he treasures that and he takes care of that. And likewise, of course, this has to be reciprocal. Who are your people? I've got a few others too, like my friend Debbie Upper. She has to be mentioned when I bring this topic up. Um, Her last name is not really Upper. My husband gave her this nickname because it's the opposite of Debbie Downer. Her name's Debbie, Debbie Schaefer, and all she does is bring light to my life. I wish, I wish she lived closer, but I'm so thankful to have her. And my friend Chandra Sandoval, oh my gosh. Just, it's people like that where you just, you get together with them and you could not even imagine saying mean things about anyone with these people because all you want to do is just share the light. These special people, they look past all of that just fake persona crap and they see the real you, just as you do them. And number four, I'm going to share a little story, and it's called Poopy Liana. And there's a reason why I'm sharing this, but it'll come together later. (laughs) So many years ago, 2005, 2006-ish, maybe, something like that, I was recovering from a really heavy blow in my life. I've talked about it before when I was attacked and my whole world had fallen to pieces in 2004. I was rebuilding my life 
And I was also doing a lot of escaping, hiding, just partying, and I was not happy. Um, Many pieces of me were being rebuilt in a good way, but all in all, I was not doing the work in the way I should have. So I was really unhappy. At that point in my life, I was not really adding to anybody's life that I was hanging out with. It was just sort of probably a dark presence and then unhappy person. I was probably at that point just one of those people that in conversations would, you know, put hidden digs in there for whoever I was talking to. I was miserable. I, to be honest, I don't remember exactly. I just know it was a dark time in my life. And one of my best friends came to me and he said in a very nice way and tried to make it funny because that's who he is. And he said, you know, Liana, I have to be honest with you. Your nickname right now is Poopy Liana. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay. And I'll never, I'll never forget that moment. It was a friend coming to me to say, hey, you suck to be around. But instead of being mean about it or belittling me or making me feel horrible, he just kind of told me the truth, but it was turned into a funny joke. It was very enlightening for me. It was done in the kindest of ways, and it was done the way that this person would handle it. Not everybody would handle it in that way, but it worked. And it really opened my eyes. Whenever I find someone that I really love and I think is a great person and can be a great friend, but maybe they're in a really poopy time, I remember that. I'm not ever going to cut anybody out of my life just because they're in a poopy time. But there's a difference. And so I brought that story up for a reason Because number five is, are you a fountain or are you a drain? There's obviously no judgment if right now you're a drain because people go through hard times. And right now, I don't know too many people that are not going through a hard time of some sort because life is tough right now, okay? Are you a fountain or a drain? No judgment from Poopy Leanna. I get it. I've been a drain. Who are your fountains? I just named a few of mine. Who are your drains? Do you need to kick them out the door? Or do you need to just kind of push them away at an arm's length, let them take care of their stuff, and then come back to you when they're ready to not be a poopy friend? So if number five was, are you a fountain or a drain? Number six doubles up on that, something I've coined, voluntary versus involuntary chaos. This is number six. Voluntary chaos. An example of voluntary chaos is gossiping about other people in a mean way. There's a difference between, I'm having a heavy time with this friend right now, I got to talk about it, and bashing somebody. Okay, there's a big difference. Voluntary chaos, people who are always finding other people to be mad at and talk about. That is voluntary chaos. I am drawing a huge boundary 
with voluntary chaos. I will not put up with it from anyone. We're calling me Boundaries Barb this year. This is my year of boundaries. And I will not deal with people who bash other people. Involuntary chaos, on the other hand, is self-explanatory. Things happen to us in life. We have chaos in our lives. I have a lot of freaking chaos in my life right now. A lot. But all of that is involuntary. I don't know what to do about it. And I don't really dump it on other people. You know, my husband and I talk about most stuff. I go to therapy. I work it out in yoga. I sweat it out in the sauna, yada, yada, all of that. Involuntary chaos, I will never boot a friend for having that. But voluntary, you gotta go. Sorry. Boundaries need to be set right now, you guys, with the people who bring voluntary chaos to your life. Beware of those energy leaks. The world is very, very different today than it was a few years ago. And we have to get tight with our boundaries and beware of the energy leaks. I am absolutely 100% allergic to gossip, mean-spirited gossip. The second I hear something nasty leave someone's mouth about another person, I know I'm coming next. It's coming for me when I walk out of the room. And believe me, I have never been proven wrong on this theory. So like I said, there's a huge difference between stating facts like, eh, that person is not for me. We don't get along. Or I don't like her. She was really awful to me and I don't need that in my life. I'm moving on. Totally cool. I'm fine when I hear something like that. But when I hear nasty, belittling, low, dirty comments about someone or making fun of them, anything of the sort, I instantly know that I am not sitting with a safe person. And that is my cue to put a very large distance between myself and that person because I cannot have that person coming for me someday when they decide to turn on me. And believe me, they always turn. They always turn, those people. Maybe it's just a poopy period of life. We will see. I will assess that from much further away. We all have our poopy seasons. I'm willing to accept it. But we've got to draw boundaries, you guys, on this stuff. It's not okay. And number seven is belonging and community. Brene Brown said this. I owe my career and creativity to not belonging, end quote. Boundaries, believe me, (laughs) please believe me on this. Having boundaries can be a block to belonging to the crowd, okay? I don't think that's any secret. Boundary setting is not, not encouraged for females. We are pressured to conform. And we are pressured to congregate in groups, in my opinion, toxic groups. Think the housewives. You either become a girl's girl or you be made into the outcast. Oh, she's not a girl's girl. But let me tell you this. Losing people is hard. But losing ourselves while trying to keep others happy is much, much more expensive. Choose yourself. And with that, I'm going to read Brene's definition of true belonging. Brene said, Belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. 
Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Once we belong thoroughly to ourselves and believe thoroughly in ourselves, true belonging is ours. So for any of you out there that are caught in the struggle between being yourself and pleasing other people, I see you, I hear you, and you can do this very, very hard thing.